Hi, everyone. This is uh, Matt Virgil, head of school at Hudson Montessori. want to welcome you to this episode of our podcast, Hudson Montessori's. Um, today, I get to spend some time with um, Jillian Guest. Jillian is a member of our Young Children's Community, a faculty member at Hudson Montessori School. Young Children's Community works, as you'll hear, works with children from birth to just about age three. Um, uh, Jillian uh, is a Montessori trained teacher. She did her training in Denver at the Montessori Institute of Denver. Um, she's worked in a children's house, which is ages three through six, but has uh, been a lead teacher in a toddler program uh, in St. Louis and now here at Hudson Montessori School. And we spend some time talking about really what makes this program unique. Um, and if you are a parent who uh, just had a child or maybe is about to have a child, uh, I'd encourage you to give this podcast a listen. I think you're going to find that um, this is a really unique program that uh, I think you um, uh, it would be worth your while to make sure that you consider if you are looking for um, opportunities for you, you as a parent, as well as your child. And so I hope that you enjoy this podcast and thanks for tuning in. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Hudson Monta Stories. Um, uh, today, I'm joined uh, by Jillian Guest. Jillian is uh, a teacher at Hudson Montessori School, and she is one of our faculty members in our young children's community. And, uh, and we thought it was a good opportunity to uh, spend some time talking about um, uh, what is the young children's community at uh, Hudson Montessori School, what are the offerings there, and, and try to give parents an understanding of why um, why we have programs that are truly unique and impactful for uh, our youngest um, uh, children that we work with at Hudson Montessori School. So um, Jillian, thanks for thanks for joining us today. Thank you. I will uh, make a um, a preliminary statement that both Jillian and I, like everyone else at this time of social distancing, are doing this from our house. So, it is possible that uh, a child may barge into our room or um, a dog may bark, and that's just sort of the reality of where we are, and I'm sure everyone will understand that, but um, that, that's may perhaps just a disclaimer on the front end. Um, and so, J Jillian, how, how are you and your family uh, um, handling social distancing? Is it going okay so far? Yeah, we are doing well. We have um, a 10-month-old, so it's pretty easy to be at home right now because her routine is so important to her. So in general, we're not really trying to interrupt that much. So it's good to kind of be at home and get her nap schedule down perfectly and then just take walks when it's nice outside. So yeah, we're pretty content. I mean, my husband's getting much more time with her than he probably would have. So we're not complaining. Yeah, that is something that uh, I think families, uh, if there are silver linings, this opportunity to, for families to spend a great amount of time with each other is uh, is a is is a is a positive. So I agree with you. Yeah. So Jillian, before I start asking you some questions, I want to just describe what our young children's community at Hudson Montessori School is. Um, so our young children's community is to work with children uh, from birth through just about age three. So talking about the youngest um, youngest children at Hudson Montessori School. And um, as we'll talk about in a little bit, um, arguably this may be developmentally the um, uh, one of the most important times in a child's life as they move on this long path to adulthood that Montessori helps children move through. And um, so 
We have three offerings at Hudson Montessori School in the young children's community. Um, um, two of them are uh, classes where a parent or a caregiver or a grandparent attends. We call that, we have a parent infant class and we have a parent toddler class. And um, uh, Jilly and I, at the end of this conversation, we're going to talk a little bit about the parent toddler class, um, but that might be a, a, a we, we won't talk on the parent infant, but that might be an opportunity for a subsequent podcast to talk about the parent infant class. Um, although Jillian is a parent in that class right now, so obviously could weigh in there. Um, but we, what we really want to talk about is our third offering, and that is our, our toddler class. And um, so our toddler class is, um, it meets in the mornings, um, starts at 8.30 in the morning and goes to um, 11.30, and it meets four days a week. It will meet four days a week next school year. And um, uh, so this is a class where uh, a child attends by him or herself, and and that's what uh, that's what makes it somewhat unique versus the uh, parent offerings that we do have. And so, um, Jillian, you've heard me say a couple of times that you know I've used the word Montessori. It's in the name of our school. Um, it might be good to just start with you know what there are a lot of toddler programs um, out there. I would argue none like ours, um, but there are a lot of options. Many daycare focused. Um, but, uh, but let me start with what makes a Montessori toddler program different from other toddler programs? Yeah, there are a lot of key things that make it different from a daycare. I'll kind of start at the origin of it and build into what the classroom looks like. Mm -hmm. So much like all the other Montessori programs that we have at school, they're intentionally were created by many hours of observations of children for that specific age. So just like Children's House and Elementary, all of the materials and activities were created from these hours of observations of the children. So while these observations were occurring, we were able to find different activities that help develop the child's independence, which is really key for this age group but also help with their language development that is typical of about a two-year-old, um, that you're going through a huge language boom, and then refine things like their fine and gross motor skills. Mm. Um, I can quickly talk about my training, which yeah, is- Yeah, actually, yeah, please do. Yeah, yeah, one thing that makes it very different, um, typically daycares, the- teacher or the adult in the room doesn't have such a specific training. So for my Montessori training, I spent two summers in Denver, Colorado, um, where we talked about children from ages from really from pregnancy. So mm -hmm. children in utero through age yeah. about three. Yeah. Um, we spent time talking about their physical development, uh, the development of language that from like you know, what's going on in their ear, like the acquisition of language to actually spoken mm -hmm. language. Um, we talked mm -hmm. about neuropsych. We talked about the development of the hand in gross motor development. We talked mm -hmm. about nutrition. So a very large amount of knowledge spent or time spent talking about um, children of this age. So with my training, I'm able to now have a classroom that is orderly and intentionally prepared for children of this age and their specific needs. Um, we often at Hudson Montessori School talk about 
the, um, the, the specialization that our teachers have. And so I'm glad that you brought up that training. And it, it, it is important to note that, so your training uh, focused just on three years of a child's life. And so and yeah. if you did that over two summers, I can only imagine the amount of depth of, of um, learning that that provided you that then you bring to that prepared environment that you're talking about. Yeah, that has to be quite substantial. Right. And in between those two summers, actually, we have to spend 250 hours of observation of children. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and and I think it I think it speaks to how 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 important we feel that these first three years of a child's life are that we for us at Hudson Montessori School, um, it's important that we have that trained teacher um, leading that classroom. So, yeah. That, um, so let, let's talk practically. What does a day what does a day um, in the life of a toddler and uh, the class look like uh, at Hudson Montessori School? Sure. Um, yeah. So as I kind of talk about what the day looks like, I'll bring in some other stuff as well, if sure. you don't mind. Yeah, um, please. So the morning starts, like you said, around 8.30, um, 8.45. So when the child comes, they'll begin their, what we call their work period. Um, you might be thinking, well, how is a toddler being yeah. much? Um, so what we have, we have four pretty distinct areas in the classroom that they're able to independently choose work from. So we have a language area, like I said, at this age, language is so important. So in the language area, there are things like uh, language cards, there are objects, and with the language material, I would come and sit with them and go over what the picture or the object is and help them with acquiring that language. Cause some of them when they come in, they're not really talking much. So yeah. it's just about building vocabulary and all of that. Um, we mm -hmm. have an area that is uh, manipulative. So helping, like I said, refine their fire, refine their fine motor skills. Mm -hmm. So things that we've studied the development of the hand. So what would help them with refining their pincer grip mm -hmm. and things like that. And then also these certain things like coloring and using the pincer grip will eventually build onto writing skills. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Their hand in that way. Um, sure. Have a practical life area, which I'm sure if you've talked to children's house is another area in children's house, a big area in children's house, but even more so, um, in the toddler environment, uh, the practical life is really the biggest part of a toddler's environment because I'm sure, as you remember with your children, when they're yeah. at this toddler age, they're really wanting to mimic everything in their environment. Yep. So yep. we use that to our advantage um, where we have activities where they're doing dishwashing or cloth washing. And within those activities, they're doing so much more. So let's look at cloth washing. You know, they're starting to think about ideas like math. I mean, it's not concrete, but yeah. how much water do I have to pour so I'm not overfilling the basin? Yep. And then things like sequencing. You know, I have to put the water in the basin before yeah. I'm able to wash the clothes. And um, they're concentrating because some of these works have many steps that require them to be there to concentrate for a long time. Um, there's language built into it. So the practical life is a huge area for toddlers. 
Um, and then we have a self-expression area, which is something like art or singing or dancing, um, just for these children as well. So during that work period, they are working in that area. And then I'm there to either present them with new lessons or to help them with anything that they might need help with during that time. So is, are all, uh, all the toddlers, actually let's do how many toddlers typically are in the class? Well, how many students are we talking about? Okay, so typically the max is about 12. Okay. So are all 12 of them doing cloth washing at the same time? Or, or No. Okay. So that is, yeah, that's a great point. What's really, that's one of the things that's special about our program versus the daycare. Yeah, uh, yeah. That we have one of each material, which right. seems mm. crazy for this age yeah. group because yeah. it's hard for them to wait. Yep. Yep. That's kind of the cool thing that's built into our program is this kind of, they have freedom to work with whatever they want to work with, mm-hmm. but then they're learning that they have to wait till someone else is done. Yep. Uh, so that gives them the chance to make different choices, which is a lot, which we do help the children a lot with at this age. It's really challenging at first for them to not do the first thing they want because they're pretty impulsive. Yes. Um, so we're working with them on, well, Sally is doing cloth washing right now. You can, uh, either, you know, you can help me prepare snack by cutting up the cheese or you could paint. Um, so that's a really big work for the children is to learn how to choose different things and to wait for their turn. We, uh, so in Montessori, we use a sort of terminology called grace and courtesy. Is that a, is that an example of grace and courtesy as well? Is that they are realizing that Sally is working on that. And so I just can't go up and grab it and take it. I have to respect that she's, she's doing that work and I have to wait my turn. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we, as the guides or the assistants in the toddler classroom, are always trying to yep. model grace and courtesy. Right. It's, it's a tricky thing for toddlers, as you can imagine. So if they're not, a lot of times when the children are not verbal, their first reaction is to go grab it. Yep, right. So that's yeah, when I bet. step in and say, oh, instead of grabbing her work, you could say, I would like a turn. And then we would talk to the other child whose work was grabbed and coach them through it as well. Say, instead of getting upset, if they did get upset, you could say, this is my work. Right. Or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like giving them another chance to replay the situation with your yeah. guidance. Or something. Yeah, a lot, a lot of modeling with toddlers. That's- <clears throat> okay, so I, I, so I've been in this classroom, so I know that this is not the case. But like, it, it, I'm, I'm sort of imagining. Okay, so you have twelve children that are sort of able to choose what they want to do. Isn't that just pandemonium? Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it is not surprisingly. <laughs> um, so one of the highlights of all Montessori communities too is that the the room itself is very orderly um, and toddlers have a really high sense of order and this when you have this orderly room that is intentionally prepared like I keep saying yeah very well set up for the child to do what they want to do they feel really confident um so as when they find work they're able to do and have the ability to navigate around the room because everything is very orderly and they know where everything is. It's really an amazing thing to see how these children are able to work independently um, and in their own space. Yeah. I mean, I was being, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say we have 
if you haven't been in a toddler community, everything is their size. So we have yeah. chairs and tables for every child to work, um, which works best for them because they don't typically work super well together at this point. So <laughs> having their own space is good. I uh, so I was being facetious when I said pandemonium because oh, yeah. I have been I have been in these toddler communities, but but it is often it is often. Um, it's sort of a highlight for uh, Michelle, who's their director of missions, or sometimes I, I'm on a tour for a parent to walk in and they're, I mean, their jaw just hits the ground and they're like, oh my gosh, what, mm -hmm. you know, there is purposeful work going on. I think that's something else that's really important is, you know, it's that you take so seriously what work is presented to the child because you want it to be appealing to them and call to them and, mm -hmm. and, and, and you see the children react when, when that care to create that environment that you talked about is, is taken. So yeah, it's yeah. a very, it's a very active classroom. Um, I spend a lot of time observing the children interacting with yeah. the material. So when things are not used properly or things are not being used at all, or things are being used a ton i'm making note of that and then changing the environment to fit the needs of the yeah, child it's a good it's a good point your the observations are informing what you're planning next that's that's a that's a great point um can i pivot a little bit so most often this is an age when <clears throat> children are working on toilet training how does that how does that play into the toddler class yeah so that is a work as i say work that is yeah. Um, work meaning just something that they that is purposeful for them at this time. So that is something that often occupies a lot of the child's life at this time. Um, in our classroom, we encourage all children, regardless of if they're in diapers or underwear, to use the toilets uh, at the minimum during each kind of transition of the day. Yeah. Uh, because our program isn't full-time, it's hard to go yeah. full throttle into toiletting. But, so full, uh, full time, full time would be all day. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, okay. So sorry. To inter sorry. To interrupt. It's okay. Yeah. No, but when we do see that a child, if they're in diapers and we see that they're showing signs of readiness, um, those signs could be something like pulling at their diaper, telling us that they've gone to the bathroom, um, going and hiding in a certain area of the classroom to go to the bathroom. We make sure to tell the parents and we would encourage them and help them start toileting at home. And then we partner with the partner with them so that we can work on it at school as well as at home. Cause it's hard to do it um, yep. in one area yep. or the other. <clears throat> so, so you are partnering with the parents in this process. So you're bringing your expertise of doing it with, multiple children in a classroom and they, and, and they can bring their observations to what's coming on at home and you can kind of merge shows together and create some toileting training plan or approach. Yeah, or something yeah like absolutely. Like, it's so it's very different for every child. So yeah. It, yeah. It's really helpful to be partnering with the parents. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's also, it's not, it's not as a private topic, but it is, it is one that some, sometimes there's, you know, if, if it's not going well at home, there can be frustration or guilt or like some level of shame from a parent. Like I can't, I'm just not being successful at toilet training. So to have, you know, qualified and trained teachers and experienced teachers to be a resource like that, that also is, is a upside of, of our young children's community. I would, I would say. Yeah. It, yeah. It's funny because it's one of the things that we focus on very little in our actual training 
mm. um, because it is so different for every child. But yeah. one of my fa- favorite things about this age, because when you have, there's just something, we're just social beings. So yeah. when you have a group of toddlers that are all needing to use the toilet at the same time, it really becomes like their social hour. Um, <laughs> it's pretty fun to see. I mean, I've had children, like six of them all need to use the toilet at the same time. And then it ends up and they're just all talking to each other. And like, no one is really in a rush. They're all just very relaxed. Sitting there. <laughs> it's it's uh, very it's very fun to see. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And it does it, 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 to them. It's just it's just reality, right? Yeah. It's just it's where they are, right? right. Yeah, yeah. There's no shame point. or anything. No, no, that's exactly right. Yeah, it's yeah. Really great. Um, one aspect of uh, HMS that we take pride in is just the our campus. Um, and I, I'm a, so. Um, do the children have a chance to be outdoors quite a bit in the time? Yeah, yeah. So this kind of brings me back into. I feel like we got lost in the typical day. So that's good. Yeah. Bring this back in. So after they have that work period, um, we about at about 10 o'clock, we'll sit down and listen to a story or sing some songs. Um, and then there's also a child or two that will help the other adult in the room set up for snack. Then we have a group snack at 1030. And then after snack, we go outside. So we pretty much try and go outside every day. They have rain boots at school for if it's a little muddier. And of course, and hats and then in the winter we ask that snow gear be brought in so that even if it's cold and snowing we can all bundle up and get outside so yeah we're definitely outside as much as possible for about 30 minutes towards the end of the morning okay all right and and um and and so what uh while that while that's going, I, mean, I'm, I feel like being outdoor is 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 that's a learning experience as well. I mean, there's learning going on when they're outdoors. It's not just like learning stops and now it's just right. playtime, so to speak. It could be playtime, but there's learning. There's learning and, and there's learning um, built into that. I assume. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, ideally, we're talking about there's a lot of language that's brought yeah. outside. Right. So we're talking about the weather. We're talking about. The different plants we see we're talking about the different sounds we hear there's a lot of social uh yeah. time outside yeah so children that are kind of at that age where they're starting to be social it's a really good time for them there's a lot of grace and courtesy uh because mm-hmm. outside sometimes children where in the classroom they're they have the freedom to move however they choose as long as they're well i should not really. They have the freedom to move around the classroom, but they need to walk and they need yeah. to be aware of the people. Sometimes when they're outside, you know, they're, they're running, yeah. they're running amok. So there's grace and courtesy involved in that. If they bump into each other, if someone's on something they want and yeah, yeah it's, it's just an extension of the classroom and all reality, we'd be able to bring some of our work outside as well. Um, yeah. 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 Good yeah. point. Good point. That's, that's true. Uh, so so what is it that you enjoy most about um, working with children at this age? What, you, talked to, you talked about the, toil, the, <laughs> the toileting example, but what other things? Yeah, so there are so many things I really love about teaching toddlers. Um, first and foremost, I really love seeing them develop into this mm-hmm. independent, strong-willed, vocal, small adult. Um, so I talk about being strong-willed because one of the things that we really work on in the in the classroom um, is developing their sense of 
self-discipline and self-esteem. So when a child may come in at a young age, what 16 months is when they can come in typically, uh, they don't have much self, uh, self-control, which is fine because that's very normal. So as, as they're educated in the way of making choices and of figuring out their likes and their dislikes, they leave the classroom, the strong willed child who has opinions and knows what they like and dislike. Um, so I love really seeing that. I love seeing their personalities bloom when they're given the freedom to grow, Um, in this classroom that meets their physical, emotional, intellectual, and social needs. Hmm. Um, uh, I assume also just they make you smile quite a bit. Oh, they're hysterical. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I I remember when I first started working with toddlers, I'd come home like every day and my husband was like, Friday, Friday, when you get home from work till Friday, till Monday morning, you cannot tell me about all the things that children say. <laughs> I mean, there yeah. was a rule because I just want, all I wanted to do is just tell him these stories. Yeah. They're, it's, it's a, they're not the terrible twos. Um, yeah. I've, uh, good point. The child at this age, when you yeah. figure out exactly what they're trying to tell you, um, it's a really magical and really magical age for sure. That's great. That's great. Uh, okay. So practically or kind of some nuts and bolts. You said typically a child is 16 months old when they would choose this toddler class. Yeah. So we're looking really for that. The child's able to walk well enough that they'd be able to carry their work from the shelf to the table. Um, that they're, yeah. So, and they're down to one nap a day because they can't really, we can't offer morning naps, unfortunately. So that's kind of a, practical side note yeah. consideration uh and i'm imagining so for most if not all this is the first time that they've been away from their parent or their caregiver so i assume there's some thoughtfulness in terms of how that occurs because it's probably a process i would assume and so sometimes yeah. that's just the child's work when they join the classes to be able to be comfortable knowing that they are okay they're safe and that, that yeah their mom or dad is going to be there to pick them up in a few hours absolutely it's pretty different for every child based on their personality but it can be really cha- that, that transition into the classroom can be really challenging for some children um, that were exclusively at home with mom or dad for a while uh, so we have this kind of leads into communication with the parent we yeah during that beginning transition I try and talk to the parent as much as possible Sure. Um, to give tips because sometimes the child, what's best for the child, may just be kind of handing them off and walking away, yeah. not yeah. dragging off that long goodbye. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's it is that's something that we I like I was saying observation that when a child has a tricky time transitioning into the classroom, it requires a lot of observation and thoughtful um, thoughtful processes. Yeah, can you so can you talk a little bit more about what does parent communication look like in the toddler program? Yeah, so we uh, like I said, when the child first starts, we or I will try and reach out to the parent uh, every day for that first week to mm-hmm. discuss their transition and if there's any questions and what they might need the, in the classroom. But after the first week, if the parent and I feel that the child's transition is going well, then I'll typically reach out on a monthly basis um, with some pictures and updates and what we're doing in the class. But with that being said, if a parent ever feels they need more communication or I have concerns or questions, um, 
I'm able to communicate as much as necessary. And then we also have those parent-teacher conferences, which are much more in-depth look at the child's development. And those occur twice a year. Yep. Yeah. In the fall and the spring. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the, the goal is ultimately that they continue on into our children's house programs, which works at, which serves children um, roughly ages three to six. That's the mm-hmm. next stop step in the Montessori progression. So, um, so is it always just at that age three that that occurs or when, did, when is it that they're ready to move up the children's house? Yeah, so it's interesting. Um, this has kind of been something in the Montessori community that's been highly discussed um, mm-hmm. because it just it's just always something that's been evolving. But we actually typically see around like two and a half the children are ready to transition. Um, and I can talk about that. So what we're looking for often is they're, getting close to two and a half, kind of that two and a half to three range is that they're able to do longer concentrated cycles of work. So when a child mm-hmm. starts, their concentration level is pretty low. So they're doing a lot of one step type work or, but by the time they're ready to leave the classroom, we're expecting that they can sometimes work for up to like 20, 30 minutes on one work uninterrupted. Um, that child also typically by the time they leave the class has a stronger developed um, spoken language and they're beginning to engage more in conversations with friends. So beginning to be a social being, which they typically are around age three, um, more interested in other people than just themselves. Um, The child is able to develop or demonstrate independence during the day. So they're able to navigate the morning without many reminders from us um, with what comes next or when to put work away. And then that toilet independence is part of the equation. Um, It doesn't have to be complete, but it's on its way to mastering by the time they get to children's house. So those are just, yes, age is a factor, but more importantly, we're looking for kind of those things that will help them navigate into the children's house community more effortlessly. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, can we can we close by noting? I want to note that you teach parent toddler as well as toddler. So obviously, just the name would suggest that there's an adult and a uh, or a caregiver or a grandparent that's coming with the child. But what what's the other? What would be other d- distinctions between the toddler program and the parent toddler program? Yeah, so the parent-toddler program um, is a shorter amount of time. So it's about an hour and 15 minutes. Um, mm-hmm. Like the name suggests, they're there with their parent. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the work offered is the same. The expectations yeah. are pretty much the same. Um, it's a good way for parents to be exposed to the Montessori community so or the Montessori ideas. So as the guide in the classroom, I'm often consulting the parents on how sometimes to bring this into their house or how to work with their children on things we have in the classroom in a way that's allowing the child to have independence with it and only helping the child when necessary. Um, It's a good way sometimes for parents to talk to other parents as well. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Form that community. Right. Yeah, so, so like, I, I think I want to draw the distinction that the, uh, there are multiple ways to move into children's house right. uh, uh, from the young children's community. It can be parent-toddler that goes into children's house, or it can be the toddler program. So eat the toddler class. 
either of those are 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 going to provide the child the right preparation to to a grow and become more independent, develop that language and um, that so, those that grace and courtesy that you were talking about. And and either either one of those programs. Um, will fit. And that's that's one of the nice things about the young children's community is it, it, it provides a lot of different opportunities, depending on where parents are themselves. Is that, is that right. a, you agree with that statement? I agree. Yes. Yeah, very yeah. much. so. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I also want to, as we close, I want to say that if you are listening to this podcast and this is of interest to you, you know, there's a on our website, there's a, a way for you to um, reach out to our admissions director and um and set up a tour and we would encourage you to do that come, you know come and visit us and um and learn what learn um learn more about the program be able to um watch it from a watch it from um outside the class so you can see how unique it is and have a chance to be introduced to um Jillian and so Michelle Laser who is our director of admissions would um be happy to um, set up that tour with you and, and let you learn really what makes this, I think, I said there's a lot of programs that work with children in, in this area, and there are, but I um, feel very confident that none of them have the expertise that we have in the teachers, the care that we provide in the environment, and um, just the, the, the intentional respect that we have for young children to um, know that like you were calling them young adults when they leave that class. I, in some level, I don't think of a three-year-old that way, but <laughs> the fact that we do really shows the respect that we have for children. They are capable of a lot. And um, I think that's pretty, um, that's a, that says a lot. Um, yeah. So, so Jillian, thank you. Thank you for joining us for this um, podcast. Thanks for giving, thanks for giving us uh, your time. And um, your dog's name is? Winston. He didn't Winston, make a cameo, there. I think. <laughs> That's all right. Yeah. All right. Well, thank, thanks for your time, Jillian. All right. Thank you, Matt. Yep. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Hudson Monta Stories. Uh, if you have any feedback about our podcast or ideas of topics that you'd like us to address, uh, you can always drop me an email. My name is Matt Virgil, and my email is mvirgil, V-I-R, G-I-L at HudsonMontessori.org. I'd love to hear from you. And of course, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast so that you can always be alerted when we release one. Uh, there's uh, three ways you can do that. You can subscribe on Apple iTunes, uh, through Spotify, or on Google Play. If you just search Hudson Montessori's, it should bring it up and you can subscribe and of course, if you write us a review, we'd certainly appreciate it. Um, that's one way that uh, we can grow the podcast. So thanks again for tuning in, as always, and uh, we'll talk to you next time.